One of the biggest mistakes that I've made in my disc golf career, and I see so many other disc golfers doing, is they try to force or overcorrect their bodily movements. This specific skill that we're going to be talking about today, this is something that I recently kind of just realized like, hey, I'm really messing this up. It's not the first time that I've noticed it, but I've seen pros uh, throw a specific way that I haven't been doing. And I realize a lot of the issues that I've been having with my backhand is because of this particular problem. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome to episode 19 of Teach Play Disc Golf, a Gladiator Disc Golf podcast. I'm Antonio and I am so excited to have you with me here today. Uh, I have a really, really fun show planned for you guys. So let's go and I'm going to try this new thing, a 30 second rundown of today's show, a little bit shorter than what I've done in the past. So we're going to first talk about our disc golf skill, which is focusing on the angle of the disc in your extension. That's a little unclear. It will be clearer here in just a second. After that, we are going to review a very cool disc, the second and only disc from this company, the Jester Disc Golf Love. Then we're going to talk about my disc golf journey the last few weeks, and we'll follow it up with recapping the Preserve uh, Challenge at Minnesota, and then the upcoming tournament this weekend, the Kansas City Wide Open. So let's go ahead and let's get right into it. The angle of the disc on your extension is really a afterthought for a lot of disc golfers. I know that I haven't really thought about it much until recently, as in like I started noticing it probably about a year, year and a half ago, but I never made the adjustments that I was seeing other pros do. Not, not, not other pros like I'm a pro or anything, but just seeing other pros or pros in general do this. I just want to clarify there. I am amateur. Okay. Uh, and I'm not ashamed of that. So the angle of the disc on your extension, one of the things that I've been noticing is that it feels like no matter how hard I try, I'm always throwing with Haja. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I've talked about when I was reviewing the ultimate Frisbee, um, I throw with a lot of natural hyzer. And one of the things that I didn't realize is that the angle of the disc on my extension was affecting that. You see, uh, let me actually get this disc out because we're going to be reviewing it later. <laughs> All right. So when I would be extending out, you know, reaching back slash reaching out because we never want to reach directly behind us. So I like to call it an extension, um, kind of like when you're stepping away from the disc on your X step. I always kind of was like, okay, if I'm throwing flat, let me keep the disc flat. And if I'm throwing hyzer, let me put the disc on hyzer on my reach back, um, on my extension. And one of the things I noticed is obviously that's not bad necessarily for the hyzer, but when throwing flat, it inevitably causes hyzer. So my flat shots were never truly flat. And you know, we always hear pros especially, I've heard Paul Ulibarri say this, the, the flat straight shot is the hardest. And I think that's true. But I think part of the way that especially amateurs can improve their straight, uh, straight shooting capability is by changing the angle of the disc. You see, one of the people that does this the best is Ricky Wysocki. If you ever notice when Ricky is extending back on his X-step on his backhand throw, the the 
side of the disc that he's holding is always higher than the side of the disc that he's not holding, okay? So it almost looks like he's throwing an Anheuser angle. And yet, as he pulls the disc through across his body, or rather I should say, so that we don't all get confused with the lingo here, as the disc comes across his body, as he's using his lower body and back to power the disc through the power pocket, the disc flattens out. Now, Ricky is not actively thinking about rotating the disc as it's coming across his chest. That would be way too inconsistent. That would mess up his release. He would be missing his angles every time. And yet, Ricky is one of the purest throwers in the game. So how does he go from what seems like an Anheuser angle to throwing flat? Well, I'm going to back up from the, from the microphone a little bit here. And just I want to show you, for those who are watching video and for those who are listening, I'll narrate what I'm doing. When you have the disc sort of this Anheuser angle, notice how it gets your elbow up, okay? If you keep the disc perfectly flat, all right, your elbow's pointed down. Like when you bend at the elbow, it goes towards the ground. But when you have the disc on a slight Anheuser angle and you bend the elbow, it forms a 90 degree pocket. Hence the power pocket. This is what we're coming into. And then, so we have the elbow going in the right direction. Instead of pointing down towards the ground, the elbow is pointing out, forming this 90 degree pocket. Now, here's the other thing I want you to notice if now you have a disc in your hand. All of a sudden, that disc starts angled towards the ground like, uh, like you were throwing an Anheuser angle. But as you pull the disc across for this exercise, you're going to pull it across and keep that and create that power pocket, all of a sudden the disc is perfectly flat. And I noticed this as I was just working on it. And what's happening is my body's natural movement, the way it is designed to be, all right, the disc is going to come through because my shoulder is now in a proper location. My elbow's in a proper location to throw the disc faster with better form and with uh, more consistency, okay? When we look at guys like Ricky, and a lot of other pros do this, if not every single other pro, I just have noticed Ricky um, and a lot of his still frame, slow motion, and even just his regular full speed throws, it's more noticeable for his throws. It's not Anheuser because his torso controls that angle. So I know you might be a little concerned like, oh, the disc is gonna come out with Anheuser. Well, if you throw it, you know, if you start really steep, the disc isn't gonna have enough time to flatten out. We're not talking about a super steep supposed uh, Anheuser angle. Just take the disc in your grip and reach backwards without thinking about it. The disc is naturally gonna point down. Now, as you pull the disc across, keeping that elbow up, the disc is going to naturally flatten out. As I'm showing you guys this on the video, I'm not actively doing anything with my wrist to rotate the disc. It's just doing it on its own. And so don't actually think about pointing the disc down, just extend out. And that's going to help you get a much flatter, cleaner release. And so now that that disc that is your straight mid-range, your straight fairway driver, you've craved that straight putter shot. Instead of force flexing something or, you know, hyzer flipping every single time like I've done for years, if you just work on this one skill, you'll be able to start throwing flat, straight shots way more consistently. And they're not going to feel like 
it's going to feel so effortless coming out of your hand. This past weekend when I was in Texas for the 4th of July, I was not hyper-focusing on like, let me make sure I do this, but I did pay attention. And when I did that, the disc came out with such pop and snap and it flew so cleanly and it felt effortless. It was like, how is it actually flying that far? And then the other thought was like, oh, so that's how that disc is supposed to fly. So it's just a really crazy thing. And I wanted to, I wanted to share that with you all because I, I know that I have worked a lot on my backhand over the last couple of years. And it was just really cool being at a course this past weekend that I haven't played in years and playing it again and just seeing how much I've grown and developed and having to take certain shots and, you know, whether off the tee or approaching, just being able to do things that I knew for, that I know for a fact I wasn't able to do. And one of that is because I worked on this particular skill, just having a more natural extension and not forcing the disc to be flat. Because one of the things that I noticed when I forced that disc to be flat on my extension, it always came out with hyzer. And that's because I was throwing a hyzer angle. Whereas now I'm uh, letting the disc be more relaxed on my extension and it's coming through nice and flat. And so how this all ties in, I mentioned earlier how Ricky uses his chest, his torso, just like every other pro uses their torso and something I've taught on this channel for years. When you wanna control Anheuser, flat and hyzer angles, use your torso, bend at your hips. If you wanna throw a hyzer angle, you can keep the same extension, but just be bent over a little bit getting that hyzer, maybe even starting with the disc pointed out a little bit, a little bit flatter, so that you get a more consistent hyzer line. And Anheuser, it's all about leaning back. When you reduce the, uh, the hinges that are used to throw these certain angles, it will make it so much easier to actually throw those angles far more consistently. But I don't wanna go down that tangent. If you wanna learn more about how your body angle affects the, the hyzer and anhyzer release, go ahead and like this video and comment down below that you wanna hear more about that. And if you're listening to the podcast version, I appreciate you so much. Make sure you go ahead and uh, follow the show and please leave a review. I would really love a five-star review. That way you can tell other disc golfers like, hey, don't be sleeping on this podcast. You wanna make sure that you listen to it. There are great tips here, cool disc reviews, and a lot of fun conversation. So I really appreciate that from everybody listening or watching. So let's go ahead and let's now talk about the disc that we're going to review today. A couple weeks ago, or several weeks ago at this point, maybe even a month or two, OTB sent me the Peace Train, and I reviewed that disc, and it was awesome. One of the coolest understable to neutral mid ranges. I, it's pretty understable for me. Um, one of the most, uh, one of the coolest mid ranges I've thrown feels great in the hand. The turn isn't super, super flippy. It's very controllable. Well, Jester Disc Golf has another disc in the bag or in their lineup, I should say. And that's the love. And that's what I have here. It's a putter. It's two speed, 
three glide, zero turn, and one fade. Now, for those of you uh, who aren't familiar with gesture disc golf, before I get into this, I want into the disc. I just want to clarify a few things. I've messaged with them back and forth, and I've actually mentioned some of the things that I'm saying to you, and they did not uh, correct anything I was saying with that. Jester Disc Golf is manufactured by MVP and they're proud of it. They love the plastic. And we also know, first it was rumor and pretty much fact because all the plastic looked the same. And then a few months ago, they released a video sharing that yes, indeed, Mint Discs is manufactured by MVP. I throw Mint, have thrown Mint for a long time. 2301, for anyone who has thrown Mint before, should sound like a very familiar flight number set. That's because that those are the flight numbers for the Mint Bullet. And I'll say this, the Jester Disc Love is basically a rebranded Mint Bullet. It's a very straight disc. This would be, so this is what we call their Taffy Plastic, okay, for Jester Disc Golf. Basically, it would be um, like a, swir I believe, Swirly Neutron. Yes, yeah, Swirly Neutron. Uh, for MVP and uh, Swirly Apex for Mint. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty much the Mint Bullet. I even have some of uh, their putters and I compared them to some bullets that I have right here and they are literally the same. So uh, I don't notice any noticeable differences. Maybe it's a little bit more uh, rounded, but hardly. It could just be the run. I wouldn't say that they're actually different molds because I've been putting with them and throwing them, and it's like I'm throwing a bullet. Nothing has changed whatsoever. So if you want to support a smaller company, one that's up and coming, has some really cool discs, really cool molds, you can check out uh, Jester Disc Golf on OTB, and you can try out the love. Now, I will say for this particular disc, this in this plastic, this flew more overstable than the eternal bullet that I have in my bag. Now, yes, the eternal bullet I have is about, I think it's coming up on two years old. It's been in the bag the entire time. It's getting pretty flippy on me. Um, not super flippy yet, just because it's not the only putter I keep in my bag. So it's not the only one I throw, but it's getting there. But this is noticeably more overstable than that eternal bullet. And I don't remember that eternal bullet being as overstable as this Taffy Love. So definitely some cool layering options there with having the same hand feel, but having uh, different stabilities, which is something I love being able to, ironically enough, I love the love, right? Um, being able to layer those putter, those throwing putters. So the Jester Disc Golf Love is a really cool disc. It's a beadless mid-range. Oh, excuse me, wrong there. It's a beadless putter, okay? It's neutral. This one, I will say, right out of the box, it's not quite a one fade. I would say maybe a 1.5 to two fade. I threw it. I uh, threw this and the bullet on back-to-back -back lines along running along OB. The bullet turned and faded, but didn't make it back over the curb. This one made it, the love made it over the curb and parked the basket. So it definitely has more stability uh, than the bullet, at, at least as of right now. But 
very cool disc, beadless putter, very comfortable in the hand, shallow profile. If you like deeper putters, this may be a little too shallow for you, but I still recommend giving it a shot as a throwing putter. You may like it a lot. It almost, you know, that shallow profile almost makes it feel more like a mid-range. Still, it's a putter, you know, but it feels closer to a mid-range because of that shallowness. And I would say that it's probably faster than just the two. Even for the bullet, I would say the, you know, I can never classify the bullet as a two because it just seems to fly faster than that. But also speed is relative. So <laughs> I won't go down into a diatribe with all that. So this disc, really cool. I highly recommend you try it out. When I was messaging uh, back and forth with them a few weeks ago, they said that they were sending out a new shipment of discs to OTB because you guys were going and buying all the discs. So thank you so much for doing that. If you want to check out the love, head to otbdiscs.com and use discount code GladiatorDG to save on shipping. You can check out this disc. Check out the Peace Train, a really cool mid-range. It's uh, four five minus two one. So for slower arm speeds, it'll be more neutral with a little bit of turn. For faster arm speeds, that disc will turn a lot more for you and give you some really nice hyzer flip-ups and turnover shots. So that is the Jester Disc Golf Love. A very comfortable, great throwing putter. I've enjoyed putting with it as well in the base plastic, which they call the touch plastic. Um, so that's been a really cool disc uh, to be messing around with. Uh, so at the end of the day, they're basically bullets, but with a different name on them, and they're a lot of fun to throw. Hey, everybody, I wanted to just quickly interject something here if you've been watching the show the last few months now you've seen some of these really cool shirts that i've been wearing you can get a bunch of different shirts from gladiator disc golf okay you can support me support this channel support the show there's a lot of different shirts available this one that i'm wearing here with the bear on it is the barely missed uh t-shirt we also have the teach play disc golf shirt to support the podcast and there are other designs that you can find these were all designed by professional graphic designers, friends of mine who are highly, highly talented. So if you wanna support me, support the show, and rep some really cool gear out on the course and at home, go ahead and click the link in the description or go to my Instagram and you can order directly from Instagram. Uh, one thing that I wanna just say about every purchase, we here at Teach Play Disc Golf, me here at Teach Play Disc Golf, I love teaching people how to play. So it only made sense for me to partner with You Play Disc Golf, the organization that goes around the country, the world, and teaches young kids, children in schools, elementary, middle, high school, teaches them the game of disc golf so that we can get more people involved in this sport. So 10% of every purchase you make directly supports You Play Disc Golf. So if you want great clothing that you can sweat in and it doesn't stick to you it's comfortable when you're sitting at home watching tv and you want to support a great cause go ahead and head to my shopify store so that you can pick up some great gear all right let's get back to the show all right so like i've already mentioned the last couple of weeks uh not the really uh the last couple well yeah the last couple of weeks uh disc golf has been um few and far between on the rounds that i've played But this past weekend, I was in Texas for 4th of July and visiting family. And I got to play a lot of disc golf, <laughs> which was awesome uh, being able to do that. 
And the journey has been very interesting. I was really excited on Friday when I played because the last couple of weeks, you know, I hadn't played a lot, maybe one round a week, uh, which I was always very grateful for, but I, I was missing playing more. But I will say when I was playing, my body felt so rested and that was great. That was a lot of fun that I played the shorts at a local course with Matt and I went and shot, I think the best round ever uh, for me, it was a minus 15. Yes, it was the short pins. Um, not a lot of long holes, very generous pars, some holes that were par fours, uh, maybe because of the longer tee pads, but the shorts, they still kept the par four. And it was like, nah, this can definitely be a par three kind of thing. So generous pars, short, uh, short holes, but still a super fun layout. And I shot minus 15, which was great. And then the next two rounds, cause it was hot. Like Texas was, if the therm if the thermometer was not reaching a hundred, it was still feeling like over a hundred. I mean, I remember at one point the temperature was like 96 or 98, but it felt like 105. And that wasn't even at the, the height of the day. Um, so definitely that day in particular on that Friday, it probably could have reached feels like 110 or 108. I wouldn't have been surprised, but I didn't check around that time. Um, so it was hot. And the second and third round of that day uh, did not go super well. We'll just say that. Definitely fatigue, not having played in that heat all summer. I was, I was aware that that was going to probably happen when I went, uh, but it was, it was tough, but still a lot of fun. And then Saturday hung out with family. And then the Sunday I went and met up with Matt again and we played a couple rounds at Lindsay Park in Tyler, Texas. And I had not played, I had played Dogwood there most recently several times, but the, uh, what is it? It's the Cedar and the Hickory, the blue and the red, Cedar and Hickory layout. Hadn't played those in years. And it was really fun to play them. They're shorter than Dogwood. They're a little less technical, just by a little. Uh, they're not all woods. Like all of Dogwood is the professional level course that we've seen at Texas States a couple years ago. And that is all wooded golf. These two layouts have open holes uh, along with some you know, trees in the fairway and some wooded holes. So it's a really good mix. Anyway, I hadn't played them a lot, um, but I had some really, really fun rounds. And over the course of that weekend, I realized I had a lot of good rounds with some head scratchers. But how I got through those rounds is by having Matt. Now, uh, I've talked about Matt a lot on this channel. He was the first, uh, not the first person I ever played disc golf with, but he really taught me how to play disc golf when I moved to Texas. And so we've been friends for years now at this point. And one of the things that, you know, obviously we talk about disc golf a lot, me and him, but we are always bouncing ideas off of each other. And I've noticed that over the years, that has helped both of us in so many different ways. Like, yes, Matt has played disc golf longer than me, but we both have strengths in our own games that could be the weaknesses of the other. Like Matt has always had a better backhand than me, but my forehand and my putting has always been a little bit better than his. And so it's one of the things that we are also able to go back and forth either on things we're working on, tips and help that we need advice, you know, just all these things. And that's super helpful because we talk about it a lot. 
when building a bag, when working on form, when wanting to try a disc, like, hey, have you thrown this disc before? Do you think it would work for my game? And one of the things that I've noticed is that both of our games have developed so much over the years because we've bounced these ideas off of each other. And it's been so helpful to have someone to kind of talk through with things who sees your game from another perspective. They're not in the trenches that you are in necessarily working on the things that you're working on. Uh, even if you have some of the same struggles, they may not be working on them at the same time. And also they can actually see what it looks like when you throw or when you put. Same thing that you offer to them when you see them throw and you see them put. You see things that they may not be feeling or noticing. So it's just really cool. So one of the things that I wanted to strongly encourage you, this is kind of like a second disc golf skill in this episode, I guess, is I want you to find someone that you can play disc golf with on a fairly regular basis who isn't afraid to give you the feedback and criticism that you need to hear. Now, that's the first part. The second part to that is that person you find, you have to make sure that you yourself are willing to listen to them. You know, it is easier for me. I won't say easy because it's hard to always accept feedback and criticism, but I know it's easier for me to hear feedback and criticism from Matt, who has seen my game develop over the years, than it is pretty much anyone else. Um, That doesn't mean I don't accept feedback and criticism from other people. I do, definitely. I know some listeners and viewers have commented on uh, videos of mine with form or like tips and I've learned from you guys just as I hope you have learned from me. So I definitely accept feedback and criticism from others, but as someone who's kind of like my one-on-one coach, so to speak, or uh, just somebody I play with a lot who has watched me develop as a disc golfer uh, and as a person, you know, it's because it's been years now. I'm willing to listen to him and bounce ideas off of him and accept his feedback and his criticism. And I, and I say it like this because just like in other areas of life, this is not a like holistic life podcast. This is very much a disc golf podcast. Um, you won't improve with yes men around you. If you are only playing with people who are constantly praising you or telling you, oh yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, you're definitely improving when maybe you're not actually improving or um, they're just not willing to tell you like, oh, you should actually probably work on this. That's not going to help you improve. It might be fun playing with those people, but maybe you don't ask them for feedback and criticism because they're not giving it to you. Basically, you got to find someone that and it it should be able to work both ways here that you can call each other out at the right time you don't want to be a jerk to each other don't that's not what i'm trying to say but if someone has an idea um like uh matt if you're listening uh and you've listened to many other episodes so i think you'll hear this stop throwing beaded putters and putting with beaded putters you know you are better with avrs warlocks okay But AVRs are your bread and butter, Matt. And now I'm putting this on the podcast so that you stop trying to change your butter. I've been telling you for years. So having someone that you can kind of call out like this, I guess, in my position. But also, you know, there are times where I'll send him like a picture of like, hey, this is kind of what my bag is. What do you think? And he'll be like, why are you doing this? 
Why are you doing that? Why do you have that many of that one mold when you are clearly missing this slot? Okay, so having someone who can kind of bounce those ideas off you, that's one thing that I noticed over this past week and especially that has just been incredibly helpful because as you start to improve over time, the both of you or the group of you, if it's three or four people, you're going to be able to start celebrating each other's wins and just watching someone throw a much lower score than they've ever thrown or watching them hit a distance or an accuracy or a putting percentage for a weekend and you're able to celebrate together and that just makes disc golf more fun. So I definitely want to encourage you guys with that. I know that was definitely like a disc golf skill 2.0, but it was just really hard to talk about my disc golf weekend and not mention this, this sort of like, realization that I had like, hey, this is why I've been able to improve um, being able to bounce these ideas off of another person. So I wanted to share that with you guys. And I hope you found that helpful. Now let's go ahead. Let's talk about last week's tournament. So in episode 18, I talked about how I was looking forward to the Preserve Challenge at Minnesota, and I thought I was going to be able to watch some coverage. I was going to be in Texas just chilling, hanging out with family. And as I said, I already played a good bit of disc golf. And once again, the month of June, guys, has been so crazy for me. This is actually this upcoming weekend is the first weekend since the first weekend of June that I haven't traveled. So my wife and I have been traveling for three straight weekends and she is actually on her fourth straight. And so it's just been absolutely crazy. Very hard to watch disc golf on the road like that. I know it's on YouTube. I paused my G my DGN subscription because it was just like, Hey, I'm not watching anything right now and I'm not going to keep paying. Um, so it's been, really hard to watch coverage. Things are finally slowing down for the summer. I'm super grateful for that. I did watch some of the preserve. I watched all the final rounds. Okay, that's just what I had time to do. I was able to watch the final rounds, but I did keep track on PDGA Live and it was it was very strange like just how the tournament went. Like periodically we'll have someone win from basically they're leading at the end of round one and they win it wire to wire. But to have both champions be wire to wire, that I don't I, I had I don't know when the last time that happened. Maybe it's a lot sooner than I thought. I mean, Kristen Tatar has been wire to wire champion a lot, not as much this year as last year, but she has still won a lot of tournaments wire to wire. But to see it happen this year on this course where there's so much that can happen and to just see both Ricky and Katrina completely control their game, control the disc no matter the situation, that is hard to do. This course is a beautiful course. It's nice and open, but it has so many unique challenges. There's a good bit of elevation, nothing crazy, but there's obstacles in the way. There's water, uh, sand traps, there's trees, there's tight gaps that you have to hit. And to do that over and over and to at not at any point ever lose the lead, um, like at the, by the end of a round, that is just incredible. Um, definitely... Uh, you can tell that the course has grown and matured over the years. It's 
you know, the scores are still really high. But I remember the first year at the preserve, I think the winner shot like a 45 or a 46 under. And now Ricky won. He went for the eagle on final round, hole 18, went for the eagle, and that got him to minus 37. And I know other things about the course have cha- has changed, uh, different hole layouts here or there. But the law of it is the course is maturing. Uh, certain trees are growing in more. The course is just getting tougher in that sort of regard. And that is good. Like we're seeing still high scores because, you know, this course is fairly open. But it still feels like the scores are dropping a little by little every year. But not necessarily because kale and the team up at the preserve are just changing things dramatically so that has been really cool to watch it was really fun watching the final round and keeping an on keeping an eye on it i enjoyed uh, just seeing the coverage and man that course looks like it would be so much fun i have been in minnesota in the summer and i don't know about this part of minnesota but minnesota is the land of a thousand lakes that is a lot of mosquitoes. So I don't know what the mosquitoes are like. It sounded like they were there. Um, so I don't know that I would want to go play the preserve in the summer because I've been to Minnesota in the summer before and those mosquitoes are wicked mean. So maybe another time. But, <laughs> you know, that is definitely a course that would be fun to play. I have no idea what I would shoot. Probably um, not very well because it's a long course. And at least as of right now, long courses are not my strength. But I think it would still be fun because it is beautiful at the end of the day. So that is basically the tournament uh, recap that I have. Unfortunately, I don't have a little bit more than that just because I didn't get to watch everything um, and share all of my thoughts uh, because I don't have a lot of thoughts to share. So let's go ahead and let's look over. Sweet, they still have the results up. Let's go ahead and let's look at... Uh, the MPO first. So we had Ricky Wysocki in first place at minus 37. Tied for second. Cole Radolin with what looks like the hot round. A minus 15 round three. Cole Radolin and Calvin Heinberg at minus 32. Tied for second. Fourth place Eagle McMahon at minus 31. Tied for fifth. Garrett Gerthy and James Proctor. There's James Proctor again at minus 29. And then tied for seventh. Andrew Presnell, Alden Harris, James Conrad at minus 28. Ooh, speaking of James Conrad, if you guys have not seen the video on Simon Lazat's channel with him and James showing Envy versus Proxy, definitely go check that out. A really cool video. Tied for 10th, Anthony Barella Burr, and Gannon Burr at minus 27. So... Really, Ricky was five strokes ahead of second place. And then from second to 10th, it was only five strokes. So Ricky was just on a completely different planet uh, while playing. Did really, really well this past weekend. I'm really glad for him because, you know, missing uh, a huge chunk of the season, coming back, kind of being in the top five, top 10 the last few weekends, uh, close to podium finishes, and now getting that win. He was stoked. He was in such a good mood. Um, you know, I never disliked Ricky. Definitely never disliked him. But he was never my like favorite player or anything. But this season, for some reason, it's just been a lot of fun watching him play. Uh, and I really enjoyed following him this season. Now on the FPO side of things, we had another pretty dominating performance uh, with Katrina Allen taking first at minus 20. Um, she, her first round 
was a minus 10. So she got out to a four-stroke lead. And then at the end of round two, she shot minus six. So she slowed off the pace. Kristen Tatar shot a minus seven. So kind of cut the lead down to three. And then in round three, both Katrina and Kristen shot minus four, their lowest uh, rounds of the weekend. And so Katrina won by three strokes. Kristen got second at minus 17. Holland Hanley got third at minus 13. Tied for fourth, we had Missy Gannon, Kat Merch, and Ella Hansen at minus 11. Tied for seventh, Paige Pierce and Haley King at minus nine. Ninth place, Valerie Mandahano at minus eight. Good to see her name in the top 10. She also missed a chunk of the season uh, and came back for her first Elite Series event at DDO and played pretty well there. I think she got sixth. So it's cool seeing her finishing top 10. And then in 10th place, we had Jennifer Allen at minus six. So really uh, a, a good chunk of strokes between a lot of the places, but FPO continues to be fun, uh, fun to watch. We have a lot of really good women playing and it's just been really cool watching the FPO division. Congrats to Katrina Allen. Woo, that alliteration there. Congrats to Katrina Allen on her victory and to Ricky Wysocki as well. Um, I am excited for this upcoming weekend though. So we had the Preserve at Minnesota last weekend and now we have the Kansas City Wide Open, which is a silver series. Now, this event has changed a little bit over the years. It used to be at Waterworks Park in Kansas City, which I've played before within like my first year or two of playing disc golf. I would love to be able to go back and probably shoot so much better <laughs> because that course is super hilly, a lot of elevation, can be very windy there. So scores can get wild and crazy, but they're not playing there. It is the 41st year of the Kansas City Wide Open, which is just incredible. That means it started in 1982, which it's crazy to think that the 80s are 40 years away. I mean, it's only 2000, right? It's not 2023. It's only two, the year 2000. Uh, some of you who may be listening probably weren't even born before 2000 at this point. So, uh, But yeah, the 80s were not 40 years ago, right? Uh, they were. Something that was cool that the Disc Golf Pro Tour was sharing on their website. So first off, Kansas City Wide Open is not at Waterworks anymore. It's at Bad Rock Creek Disc Golf Course. I believe that I have that typed out right here. Bad Rock Creek Disc Golf Course. They might have played there last year, but I don't know that I watched the Kansas City Wide Open last year. But anyway, the Kansas City Wide Open, the tournament itself, even though it may have changed locations, this was a crazy stat that the Disc Golf Pro Tour had on the website. 90% of world champs have won the Kansas City Wide Open. So I don't winning the Kansas City Wide Open doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win a world championship, but people who have won world championships have also won the Kansas City Wide Open. Now I don't really know what to make of that, other than that, it's a really cool um stat that they have um i don't think it really means anything necessarily because it's just one tournament it's not like there's a string of three tournaments where you know 90 percent of world champs have won all these three but and also this course has changed a couple times so but that's still just a really cool uh, statistic to have that's not something that you would expect 90 percent. that's a lot of people so it is a newer course at Bad Rock Creek Disc Golf Course. And I was only able to look at U-Disc photos 
uh, and they're fairly old, but if it's, you know, if the course hasn't really changed a whole lot, the course map hasn't changed a ton, and obviously they're probably changing a few things for the Pro Tour, it does look like it's going to be pretty similar to Waterworks in the sense that it's going to be fairly open. There are trees in the fairway. They will have some maybe wooded greens and, you know, half a hole will be in the woods. But overall, the course looks like um, a good mix of open and wooded. We will see with coverage this weekend. I will be able to watch coverage. And so I'm super excited about that. So. And since I'm recording a little later than I normally do, I do have the Grip 6 pick ready for you guys. So in the Grip 6 pick, I have in the MPO division, I haven't picked him in a while and I feel bad because he's a homie and he's on the Pro Tour and I've played, a, I've played several rounds of disc golf with him at this point. So I wanna support him because he's played well, very well this year on the Pro Tour. Sullivan Tipton, so getting a shout out my man. Uh, Sullivan Tipton, Matteo, uh, I just I just really want to see Matteo win because he's just an awesome character. He's been around the disc golf scene for so long. It would be so cool, first off, to see him win a world championship because that would be just the craziest thing ever. And I hope he would bring back the A-Rod jersey. Um, but it would be cool to see him win. I like Matteo's game. Uh, very eccentric player. And then I also have Calvin Heimberg. You just gotta, you just gotta take Vinny. You know, he's always in the running, especially this season, uh, always near the top. Can't go wrong. So I got Sullivan, Matteo, and Calvin, and MPO, and then FPO, a, a player who's slowly becoming one of my favorite FPO players in, uh, is Emily Beach. Uh, she's been really playing well this year. I also have Holland Hanley and Hannah Wen. Uh, in the FPO division. So I'm super excited for those three women to be competing. Um, the, the This is a silver series, okay? Um, so not all of the players in both MPO and FPO division are there. A lot of them are actually traveling over to Europe. And that's because we have the European tour happening. And I just out of respect, I'm, I don't want to even try to pronounce <laughs> what the uh, event is called. Um, but European Pro Tour uh, stop number five, I believe. I also have the grip six pick for that. So I hope there's going to, I think, I mean, there has been coverage of every other event. I believe it's MG Media has been doing it and they have really great coverage. So if you guys haven't checked out MG Media, I believe that's their name. Definitely check them out. I'll put a link to, uh, I believe it was the Swedish Open this past weekend that they just played. So I'll put a link to the final round coverage in the description for that if you want to check that out. But for MPO, I picked four players. Paul McBeth, Jakob Samarad, uh, I believe it's Knut. Yeah, Knut uh, Holland. And then James Proctor is making his way over to Europe. I got those four players. And then in the FPO division, like I said, we have some people coming over. We got Ella Hansen. And I'm going to pick Rachel Turton. I believe uh, she's been playing there for the last several weeks. I think she is European, but I could be wrong um, about that. But I'm super excited. Those courses there are just so beautiful, so different. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch those. So those are my picks. Um, if you haven't already, join my Discord because you'll be able to 
share pics, communi communicate, talk with everyone in our community there. The Discord link will be in the description for both the podcast and the video if you're watching here on YouTube. So thank you so much, guys, for, for watching. I really appreciate the support. It means a lot to me. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, follow, like, leave a review. It, I appreciate it so much. But more importantly, you're telling the rest of the disc golf community, like, hey, you need to watch this. You need to listen to this show uh, because you can learn so much. And that's what we're all about here at Teach Play Disc Golf. So go out this weekend, teach someone how to play disc golf, whether that's teaching a brand new person how to throw a disc or just being encouraging and giving that person a tip and some help that they need to hear like we talked about already. And then make sure that you yourself get out and go play some disc golf because it's a lot of fun. And that is all I have for, for you today, tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're watching or listening. Until next time, everybody, have a great round.